Welcome to Spiritually Raw. We expose and explore controversial truths, myths, and theories surrounding the spirit world. Guests include QAnon experts, investigators, debunkers, and skeptics of the supernatural, unexplained, and flat-out unimaginable. Content discussed on this show is not necessarily the opinion of the cast of Spiritually Raw, and topics quite often are for mature audiences only. This show is not intended to replace any medical, financial, or legal advice, and is for entertainment purposes only. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hello, everybody. How are you? And welcome to Spirit Free Raw. Thank you very much for your energy exchange with us today. And we hope you woke to the most miracle morning and are also having the most fortunate day today. We are very fortunate today to have our Dr. Shelley care on with us today. And April's going to get you up to speed about who she is, what she does, and how she's going to be a benefit to you as you watch the rest of the show. I do want to thank you very, very much for all of you staying connected with us through. And again, the best way to stay connected with us is through our site, spirituallyraw.com. If you register your email in there, you'll get our newsletters about when we have great guests like Dr. Care on. And also our telegram, uh, Spiritually Raw, you can stay connected with us that way. That's really growing pretty cool. So thanks for that, thank everybody. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, yes. Really good, and uh, it's really engaging. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's like Twitter and Facebook Messenger kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And um, for those of you that haven't already joined our email list, please do go to spirituallyraw.com, and um, that way you'll get on our free mailing list. And every time we put post a show, which is usually every day or every other day, we will send you notification. And don't forget, you can watch this show and all of our other shows completely uncensored at spirituallyraw.live. So don't forget to check that out at spirituallyraw.live. And you get the first three days for free. Yes, you do. So listen to our Hemp Works Minute. Here we go. Ready <laughs> and go. Hemp Works Minute. Uh, the oil. Probably one of my favorite. It's just, it's well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely up there because the coffee berry and the melatonin are also my favorites. They're all my favorites. But um, as far as a daily staple, this is it. The oil, I wake up every morning, take a drop, I also use it if I feel like I need it throughout the day, especially if we had like hardcore workouts. And right now we're having hardcore workouts that I'm definitely, definitely needing it. I probably literally would be like almost crippled if we weren't using this right now because these workouts are so super intense. Um, it's just been great. And also excellent for your skin, your mind, your hair, your connection to source energy. If you want to feel like that extra um, clarity, that boost, this is what you want. The oil, the oil is the foundation for the entire line. There you go, everybody. So don't forget Thank to visit you. our friends over to HempWorks and see if they can do for you what they have done for us. Thank you very much for that. Now, more about our guest, yes? Yay, I'm so excited. Hi, Shelly. 
Hey, April and Jay, thank you so much for having me on the show. You two are wonderful. I am excited to be here. You guys have a great vibe. I'm loving it. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. So let's tell the whole world about Shelly Care. Um, she's also known as, you guys are going to love this, the past life lady. Uh, she's world-renowned past life regressionist and has worked with thousands of people around the world, helping them achieve greater peace and happiness in their lives. Dr. Shelley's method of combining energy work with hypnosis has been endorsed by numerous leaders in the field of consciousness, including near-death experience pioneer Dr. Raymond Mooney and Brian Weiss. Uh, she is the author of Heal Your, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, the, transfer, the Transformative Power of Geneal Genealogical. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to start that one over, people. It's a mouthful. <laughs> she is the author of Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, the Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression and a Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life memories. Dr. Shelley, welcome. Thank All right. you, thank you, thank you. Thank you're good, you're you. Good. So uh, listen, I want to dive right in because there's a lot to cover with you. So I'd like our audience, if it's okay with you, to get to know you. Um, you're, you were first introduced to the idea of reincarnation and past lives. Like, how were you even introduced to this? Is like, this is where I want to go in my life. Yeah, this is so weird, but um, I had a very eclectic childhood. And so I grew up in New Mexico and we ended up moving off to Colorado Springs. And my mom ended up going to a luncheon where the subject, the woman who was speaking, she was the subject of the very, very famous past life regression book called The Search for Bridie Murphy that came out in the 70s. And so my mom bought the book she brought it back home. And if listeners and viewers don't know that one, The Search for Bridie Murphy is a really, really famous past life regression case about a lady who had super bad allergies. And so she tried, you know, medicine and normal things and it wasn't helping her. So a lot of times people go to hypnotherapists for relief with for all kinds of different problems. And so she was having some success, but not really. And finally, the hypnotherapist threw up his hands and said, look, I want you to go back to the source event of these allergies. And so she ends up zipping back to her life in Ireland and starts talking about her life in this village and all these details. And so it became the subject of what was a best-selling book in the 70s. So my mom's at the lunch. She meets the woman. She buys the book. And I don't know what other little kids were talking about at the family dinner table, y'all. But um, she brings the book home and we were talking about reincarnation. And from the minute I heard that is it, awesome. yeah, it's kind of weird, but I, the minute I heard it, you know, I just said, this is the truth. Wow. And how old were you then? Young. About nine. Wow. So you were really, you were still at that point, I think, where, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Dr. Shelley, but you were probably still at that point where you were just very open and aware. Yeah, maybe. Oh, definitely. Kids are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. And, and then what happens? So you're nine years old. You now find out about uh, past lives and reincarnation. Now, where do you go? <laughs> then, I mean, I didn't think much about that. But when I was in my 20s, a friend of mine was killed in a hiking accident. And uh, I basically saw his um, apparition in a window one afternoon. And then he was kind of spiritually following me around for quite a long time. And somebody finally said, 
hey, you know, maybe you need a past life regression because obviously you have unfinished business with this person. So after about nine years after his death of just feeling kind of weird, there's it's a lot. It's a story that I talk about in one of my books, Livestream, one of my early books that was endorsed by Dr. Brian Weiss about how, um, you know, I went to the hypnotherapist. I realized that I had known him in many lifetimes. And after nine years of struggling with really profound grief, this just kind of, it just shifted the whole energy around it. And I understood that, you know, you're a soul, I'm a soul, we all have a path and all is well. And it just helped me so profoundly, like nothing else ever had that I said, my gosh, I think I need to do this for other people. And that's how I got into it. That's great. Um, hmm. When you had the experience of the apparition, how long did it last in your life? And um, did you release it? Or did you, was there any, did, were there, also, was there any negative? You release the spirit? Yeah. And when, did you get any, was there anything negative that came out of this crossed over spirit hanging around you constantly? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. The first time I was coming home from a business trip and I was walking up my driveway and I, it was like late in the day. So the sun was kind of shining down on the window and I just gazed up into the window and he was just standing in the window, fully form apparition. Whoa. Um, I'm, I talk about in one of my books, but I don't remember which one, that he was wearing jeans and a tank top. And I thought that was really strange. Many years later, well, to first answer your first question. So then it took several years. It was coming upon like seven years later on the anniversary of what would have been his death. He started making appearances again when I lived in a different place. I was back in Denver at the time. I was living in Colorado at the time. And in Colorado, you know, there's hypnotherapists on every street corner. <laughs> so it was pretty easy to go get a regression. So, um, so yeah, he went away right away came back. I don't think when I first saw him, I really had the consciousness that he needed to be released. But yes, during this process, there was this kind of energy exchange and this, you know, God bless you, goodbye. And, you know, this zipping away. And then I never really saw him again. I didn't really find that to be negative at all. That's mm -hmm. good. So, part of, part of thing. you know, I want to, I want to actually see if you can clear up a misconception for me one way or the other, or maybe validate it. So when you, when you take a look at the theory of past lives, there's, there's, there's different versions we hear of it anyway. It's like one is like, okay, well, you're here to complete what you didn't do last time. And then there's the, well, you already did what you did. This is completely new, what you're doing now. Is there any, is it, is it more of we got to complete what we did last time and we're starting to grow from that point? Or how does it even, how do we cycle through that? That's a really great question. Um, I, I feel like I feel like we made arrangements about what we were going to do here before we arrived, but yet we dip into that river of forgetfulness that the ancient Greeks talked about. So we don't remember when we get here. And sometimes we're going, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. So usually the people who come to see me, it's not, sometimes it's because they're curious and they think this sounds cool, but usually it's because there's some kind of challenge they're trying to overcome. But I still think that, you know, sometimes we really are here to finish some old business with people so that we can get onto the things we're supposed to do um, as part of our journey. So I guess I, I have come to understand in my opinion that we're all so very unique, you know, because we bring in all of our past lives, who we are as souls, what we've come to learn, and we can't just look at someone and be able to understand all of the complexities that make up the soul. So I think there's some 
aspects to everything that you're talking about, Jay. Like, you know, maybe we're, we are, like, I feel like for myself personally, um, I definitely used to joke around about the fact that I spent the first half of my life messing up everything so that I could spend the second half of my life writing about it. You know, I feel like I had some old business that had to be fixed. And so now I can just get on with what I'm here to do. So it's a great question. I think, I think that would differ person to person. Different person to person. Okay. That, that's, do you think we come as clusters or groups together? Like, so like, Hey, let's, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And do we do it like in that world, like soul groups? Do I believe we do. I believe they do. Yeah. Yeah. Have, oh, you, yes. have you found, um, the average person that you connect with or that you read or that you work with are, are they, have they been around many, 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 or have we all been around at the same amount of time? No, or, no, no. So there's newer, there's newer souls popping in and out kind of thing. Yes. Some like April was saying, maybe many, many, many times, very old souls. And then some haven't been around as much and, or, um, I think that the higher self of each one of us, our soul, the aspect of us that wants to keep us safe, wants to make sure that everything's working for us, we're only going to be able to pull up and remember things that we can handle spiritually and emotionally. So if it's not, maybe you are, maybe somebody is a really, really old soul. I know y'all are old souls, so I'm not talking about you, but I'm saying somebody, let's say somebody is maybe an old soul, but maybe right now it's only going to be for their highest good for them to take a look at one past life, for example. But that doesn't mean that there's not some unfolding that could be happening later because we got to crack the door open so that eventually we can get to whatever it is that needs to be observed Just observed yeah um do you think as we progress as in humanity that when we do come back now that we will come back remembering who we were have we gotten to that stage yet that's a really good question too um i up to this point we are really not at that stage i have met a couple of people through the years, because I've been doing this for 20 years now, which is hard to believe, but who claim that they remember when they were born and they remember their younger childhood, but most people don't. Yeah. I would like to think that we are, you know, especially through programs like yours, where we're trying to have real conversations about what's actually happening in this universe, that we could break some barrier and come back more consciously in the next life. But I guess that's something that we're gonna find out when we get there or when well, we come back. Yeah, surprise. You know, surprise. I, I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Yeah. Um, is you take people into memories of the future? Which is really cool. Is it, did I, am I reading that right? Memories of the future? Yes. Um, more on, yeah? Well, see, the thing is, though, you know, that time isn't really real. Like we're sitting here talking about time as if we've got a linear thing happening, but we know that that's not really what it actually is. And so, um, initially in my first book live stream, and then in my newer book, Eat Your Karma, I talk about journeys where we're going to take people into the past. We're going to go to the source event of troubles. Okay, fine. But the only reason why we want to go to those past events is so that we can use that information to inform the present so that we can then take that information. And like you were saying, like take it and go out into the future so that the future is actually going to become better as a result of the things that we've either, either learned from or let go of. And so I can actually guide people 
to the future and I ask them, you know, I'm never leading anyone, but in this case, I'm going to say, all right, Jay, I want you to go to a place where you're happy and you're healthy. Everything's working wonderfully. You're living your sole purpose and, and all of these troubles that you thought you had or whatever they were back there, you know, you've invested that in the future and it's working out wonderfully for you. And because of quantum physics and the fact that all time is now, there's multiverses of possibilities in the unified field. I'm going to have people go out there to the happy place because it's there for everybody. Awesome. And then reverse engineer it. And so you can tell me, how did you get there? You know, I love it. that's pretty cool. I love that. That is very cool. I like that. I like that. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. um, You're the first person I've heard. I mean, I don't know if you're the only person that does that, but we've interviewed a lot of people and I've never heard anyone else say that. Do you think that we have, um, you know, people talk about ancestors, right? And our lineage. Do do we, when we're connected with them, as we grow, as we go into our different lives, are we, do we have any debt that we have to do? Do we have to repay any of their debt to keep our process going? Are we tied in at that level or are we completely independent of our ancestors? If you had asked me that, even 10 years ago, definitely 20 years ago, I would have said, oh, no, there's no correlation there. But now that I've really been working with this for a very long time, scientists actually like real scientists. OK, <laughs> I'm kind of a woo -woo, OK, but I'm talking about real scientists are saying that up to 50 percent of who you are when you're showing up in this world is directly brought through from your DNA, like your personality and stuff. So, you know, I believe that there are no coincidences that we do come back in groups, as we mentioned a minute ago. And so, of course, if I'm here to meet certain friends that I've known before, I do think that we choose our families and that there's some kind of contract that we have to assist them in their healing. Absolutely. I don't think there's any accidents in that. Can you break the can you break the heritages or the, the ancestors karmic cycle of sorts? So let's say, for example, you came in here and, you know, you were part of you. 50 percent of the DNA is you know, how like how you described there. Um, can you can one break that pattern and start to spin you off mean, like into their own like alcoholism right, or, or anything like that? You know, like, you know, they say like it's in the DNA or like, you know, gen genetics health wise or anything like that. Can those patterns be broken? I believe they can. Um, but again, I don't have scientific clinical evidence of that, but it's just my belief system that when we um, go back and we can extend grace and light and healing to the ancestors um, in this new book, Heal Your Ancestors, we're going back and it's kind of like remote viewing on stuff that happened to the ancestors. And again, it's not going to be pleasant stuff or else we wouldn't need to be observing it. So we send light there and then that light tends to emanate up the client sees it in their parents and then they start to actually energetically feel it in their own bodies. We can take that energy then and project that out into the future for future generations, as well as current family members who are alive and just using, you know, the power of healing, which is really created in our imaginations to sense that things start to feel lighter. We sense a lightness around things. And I, so I am of the belief that yes, we can do that. How are you actually doing it? Okay, so I get the whole hypnosis, makes perfect sense. I get how you're going and going forward, going back, that makes perfect sense. But how are you energetically, like what are what is Dr. Shelley doing that is energetically fixing this light field to clear the space? Um, 
Gosh, you know, another whole ball. I've had so many weird things happen. April and Jay, you wouldn't believe it. But years ago, I had a near-death experience in 2000. And when I came back from the light, I had an understanding that that this idea that thoughts are things, that that's not really just a new age slogan, but I sensed and really came to understand that there's thoughts out here, they're stuck in our energetic fields. So if I take you back into a past event, you can talk about it all you want. We can go through guided imagery, but you're not going to have a full transformation of that unless I kind of engage the field and I can feel things like popping off of people. And so the intention behind the work would be then, yes, you're going down the line and simultaneously we're sending energy and light to that. And so there's a there's a point where if I'm engaging in the field, I can start to feel, tell me when this feels lighter and brighter and I'm sending energy. You can start to just feel everything kind of expands, whatever that heaviness is, it just gets up and leaves. But it has to be done in the quantum field as well as in the mind for lasting change. So it's very kind of weird what I'm doing actually, but it's just what I've been doing and it works. I think it's great. Can it be done in one session or does this something that, or is it something that would take someone multiple times? I don't believe in multiple sessions. And the other thing is, you know, all my books, if people read my books, I've got books on energy healing techniques. I've got books on hypnosis, um, the ancestor book. I give people all of these guided journeys. And the way the scripting is, I'm asking, you know, them to sense lightness happening and things like that, because I really believe that everyone has the power within them to do these things themselves. I don't I'm not one of these. I guess that's one of the other reasons why I got into this a long time ago. Um, I had been to a traditional therapist in the past. I felt like, although they're doing the best they can, we're still kind of just wallowing in our stuff rather than actually getting to some kind of resolution. So I really intend if I do a session with people, um, I don't, you know, I have availability. It always seems to get sucked up. So I don't have as many you know, for the whole general public, I want to make sure people have access to these processes that they can do themselves. Because even if they come see me, my intent is always, yes, one session, you know, let me give you some tools and some things that I can show you right now that's, that are going to help you so that you can go do this on your own. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money to do these things, you know? What's your opinion okay, on, I, I want to get a question, one question in. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought about that. You know, you hear people say, oh, I've been going to my therapist for three years, five years. I've heard 10 years. I've heard 12 years. I mean, like, it's like and I think to myself, obviously, it's not working then. <laughs> if you're seeing the same person over and over and over and over and over, it ain't working. It's my that. opinion, too, my friend. Or, but. Or, just, or just, I don't know, whatever. Each to his own on that one. But I, I, get where, I get where you're both coming on that. I want to get your opinion on this one for you. So there's this whole... Well, it's been around for a long time, but there, you hear a lot more about it probably because of the internet, uh, plant medicines, right? And so people are taking plant medicines to go within and figure out what their stuff is, and hopefully they can have a breakthrough that way. Or when they're when they're going in from, and if you know this, do you think they're tapping into what their pat is it is it is it just more of a very evasive way to be able to tap into what they're coming into this new world with their their let's call it their past lives and try to break those patterns. Do you think that's used for that? And can what you're doing pretty much do the same thing? Or do you think that's completely separate? Uh, they have completely separate functions on its own. Yeah, I have a question. So are you talking about like ayahuasca or something yeah. like that? Something really far out? Yeah, I I don't do any drugs. I've never have, which sounds really naive and weird. But um, 
I really believe that the processes that I do are every bit as weird and freaky, although I haven't had that personal experience myself. I think that those plant-based things that you're discussing, I'm sure they do create unbelievable breakthroughs and they send people into, you know, psychedelic weirdness. The, the difference is I think that from my understanding, again, as someone who's heard from a lot of people who have tried those things, you, you'd have to, I don't know what kind of training you would need to make sure that you're really going to places that are beneficial to you, that are gonna be transformational to you. So I would say that what I'm doing over here without the use of drugs, because I'm into like, let's go there without the use of drugs. We can go into those places, but we're targeting the things that are actually going to transform us and make a difference in our life. Whereas the other one, we may get that. We're going to have definitely a shift in consciousness. And yet maybe we're not going to end up going where we want to go. Oh, you know, there was a thing also on 60 Minutes about, I think it's called Psychosylvan. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what, what I'm talking about? They I seem to be in a clinical setting doing it with, yeah. but they get coached, right? I mean, I think something like that could definitely be transformational. That was helping people with manic depression and things. Mm -hmm. But I do think that what I'm doing can do something similar. I got you. Thanks so, for your feedback on that. Yeah. Hypnosis always kind of blows my mind in that you're just talking. To this person and then they have and then they're given this ability from however you're doing it the hypnosis that you their mind is just going backwards forward how is it that how is that possible when you're literally just speaking to someone is it is it the tonality of your voice is it the speed at which you're speaking how do hypnosis or hypnotherapists have the ability to be able to do that when it's really just your voice but before you answer that i want to tag on just one last one thing on that one is that they also have to be pretty much receptive and in an open space to to take it on right so they're like got to be like ready i'm so, ready for it got it okay so okay yeah these are great questions um in fact yes jay i was going to say like you know i like to go on cruise ships and so sometimes they have a stage hypnotist you know and so I volunteered for that, you know, and I'm willing to, I'm not going to flat. Well, I guess I did. I did do some silly things. Oh, well, because I'm, I'm willing to do them. Let's just say, but other people are jumping around, flapping their arms like a bird, you know, on some level, the person would still need to be open to doing that. And really the state of hypnosis isn't really as mystical as stage hypnotists and, you know, TV people would like you to think it's just your brain. Like, when we're awake, our brain waves are going very quickly. We're just kind of breathing and slowing it down, but you're still in control. So you're in total control. And I'm not taking you into like Delta, which is like unconsciousness. You're just, it's kind of like I'm a guided meditation CD. And if you're willing to go along with me, one of the things I tell people is that we're using the power of our imagination. So I'm going to ask you some questions. You've never been asked these questions before. So suddenly, you know, when I ask something, pictures, thoughts, and feelings will begin to emerge. And yes, they seem completely ridiculous. They're silly. We don't know where it comes from, but let's just go with it and let's just see what happens. And if I can get the person just to be open to it, then that's when some real opening and transformation can occur. But again, um, like Jay was saying, they have to be receptive to it. There's nobody who can wave a wand and make somebody go into an unconscious weirdness without their um, consent. And again, this is very light guided imagery. It's like I'm a meditation CD, basically. You're in complete control. I'm sure you're a lot more than that. Um, so I wanna, 
you've got some really cool things here that I want to just make some clarity on. Supratrovi, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, spontaneous past life recall. Can you enlighten us about what that is? That's yes, I created this this word, supratrovi. Um, supratrovi. I wrote a short book series um, several years ago about an experience I had on a cruise to Key West. I know you all are in Key West or in Florida, um, and how I had a spontaneous past life memory come up. I didn't know what it was. Um, and so I started interviewing people and realized that, you know, when we travel or when we meet people who we've known before, sometimes we have little movies run in our heads. Sometimes we have very strange feelings. And so my theory is that we don't really always need past life regression to remember who we were in a past life. But if it's something strange that needs healing, we can use the regression processes that I do to heal those things, but we don't necessarily need them just to remember. Do you know, I want to ask your opinion on this, um, is when people, you know, pass and then they reincarnate, they come back to a new life. Is there, is there any type of, I don't know, like time frame that, okay, like, okay, you're maybe in our linear time, human time, okay, well, they passed here maybe like a year or is it 10 years or a hundred years before they reincarnate again? Is there anything that you've been able to determine with the sessions that you've done? I That's a great question. I think a lot of the people I have worked with, um, I don't really know percentage wise, but I, maybe half of them have been here and came back fairly quickly. And I think that when we come back that that isn't always the case but if we come back really quickly what what is it, your what is your version of fairly quickly um like somebody who maybe i mean i can talk about myself off the top of my head i i felt like i had lived in the 40s died in the 60s and then i came back in 67 and so quick. yeah very quick like within a few years and it seems like the people who come back that quickly are usually bringing some stuff through and it's more top of mind than if it's been a few hundred years or a few thousand years since they've been here. So a lot of times um, I really, when I regress people, I like to take them back to the furthest and earliest place that I can get them to. But sometimes the earliest they can get to is the life that they had right before this. That's very, very common. Hmm. Because again, it's gotta be what most needs to be healed. Right. So it's just really like it's a top of mind with many people. Um, you also wrote Past Lives with Pets. Um, yeah, I, lo I love that. There's a hot button. <laughs> exactly. Um, what's your thoughts on all that? Or what? Do you, what is your thoughts on the pets that we have in our lives currently? You mean, are they coming back with us, like the same pet? Yeah, well, definitely do they come back. To, I, I, I know for sure they do because I, I, one of ours, actually two of ours are already. But what, what do you think that they're here in our lives for, for a specific purpose? Like each pet is different. Are they trying to teach us something specific? Wow, all of this is great. I, you know, I think that we talked earlier about soul groups and I feel like why wouldn't our pets be a part of that? I think, you know, wow. you know we come back again. The book is filled with case studies who kind of people who came to regression. I mean, you don't come to see me because, you know, I'm having an issue with my dog. He's being a real jerk. You know, I mean, obviously that's not why they're there, but they would find out that guess what? They knew their dog in a past life. And it's just always such a lovely remembrance. And I think the pets really in general, um, 
they all have their own little unique personalities. And I feel like though that what they're teaching us is how to love, how to give like selflessly and how to put someone else before ourselves and how to receive love in a way that maybe some people, you know, we can't really receive love from anyone almost as much as we can from our pet who just loves us unconditionally, even if we're acting like a complete idiot, you know? And, I, and so the book also has case studies like what Jay was mentioning, where like um, you have an animal when you're younger and now that that same animal has reincarnated into your life at a later time with the same person. It's very similar to that fictional novel, The Dog's Journey, only I have real case studies of people who believe that their animals are reincarnating several times in their lifetime. And again, I think it's for love um, and companionship and the good things that they can teach us. Can they come back? as a different animal? Yes, they can. I tell a story of my little biscuit. Because I swear our one dog, I mean, she has the most cat characteristics. She's a cat. She, she is a cat, like a cat dog. Cat. She's a cat dog. She She's walks like a cat. She eats like a cat. cat. Cute. That it's is really so adorable. Cute. It's adorable. Depends <laughs> you ask. No, it is. It's really, it's it's crazy cute. That's so what kind of dog is she? A Shih Tzu. Oh, how cute! Yeah, I love those. That's the one in, that's the one in question. She, has, she loves cat food. Yeah. She, that she, is adorable. Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I always wondered was she always a like cat? really connected to cat. It loves cats. I mean, she could care less about dogs. She loves and cats love her, which is totally wacky. And I always thought, were you a, a cat in a past life? Maybe because I think my cat Biscuit was a dog. He does the same thing. He hates cats, but he loves dogs and he hangs out with them and he fetches and he does crazy stuff. So I believe this is possible. That's cool. That is very cool. What do you tell people um, that just lost a loved one, a, a, a loved pet? Yeah, there's um, there's some guided imagery in Past Lives with Pets for people to go through where we can walk through a doorway and we can have our little beloved come and meet with us and we can just energetically reconnect with them. I feel like they become our angels. And, you know, I feel like anyone, when we lose a loved one, it's it's so difficult because we have this interior feeling that there's something that is not with us anymore. But if we can just close our eyes, we can realize that I, I think that they're just vibrating at a different frequency. We can actually connect with them. And so um, the process in that book is based on things that I've done with clients in grief recovery to help them connect with loved ones. But it certainly works with our pets. You know, I want to ask you while we're on the pets yeah, topics, and then I want uh, before we go to Lemurian seed crystals, I want to I want to ask one last thing on the pets if I can. Is is there any reason because they're here to show us? I think we can all agree they're here to show us just this immense amount of love, how to love. Is there any reason that you've been able to determine why they pass so much sooner than we do as a society? So if they're here, because there's that's there's that immense amount of love, and then after a short period of time depending on the breed, there's a very heartbreaking experience for many. And I want to tag on that. And why do animals pick their families like like how we pick our families before we reincarnate? And if so, why would they pick a family that would severely abuse them? Wow, that's a great question. I tend to believe they do pick their families, but I guess that's the thing that I don't understand. I think that's one of the reasons why I have personally found a lot of comfort in the idea of reincarnation, because in my mind, it makes me say, okay, there's a lot of things that go on in this world that are horrible. 
um, abuses not only of animals, but of people and situations that is almost intolerable to think about as we're working to change these things. Um, I guess in my mind, I've tried to say that it, it has to do with what I mentioned earlier, that I think that we're so vast, we maybe don't understand all the reasons why certain souls are experiencing certain things. I don't really have the answer to that. It's just something that I struggle with as well, because I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, and I guess to your earlier question, yeah, I, why do they pass sooner than we do? I hadn't, I guess biologically we could say because there are different biological species, but emotionally, you know, it's so painful to lose. And I feel like, you know, in the Western, I, I've not really ever thought about this, Jay, this is a great question, but you know, in the Western society, we're so uncomfortable with death. We want to avoid it. We don't want to talk about it. It's horrible. We want it to go away. And I hear so many people say, well, once they lose a pet, I, I'll never have another pet. I can't handle it. We have to learn how to handle death somehow, because unfortunately, that is part of the paradigm that we're dealing with here on planet Earth. Thought. That's a very interesting thought. That's a very interesting So thought. maybe they're here to possibly teach us like how to deal with death get through the grieving process yeah. a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, like you have said that many times that this is your dog from before. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's it. To just have faith that, that, makes a lot of sense. that, hey, oh, I'm coming right back. Don't worry. Just mm -hmm. getting a new, getting a new tune up. <laughs> you know, I don't and, know. And even I, you know, the last cat I lost before I had Biscuit, I said, I can never love again. You know, we all say that because it's so painful. But then a few months later, I'm getting, I need to go to the shelter. And, and there he was. And, I, you know, we have to learn to let go so that we can love again. And we're still going to love those that we've lost, obviously. But let's start to kind of energetically connect with them as the angels who are looking over us and then still know that we have to reach out to each other and other living beings because they need us you know especially when you think about shelter animals if we don't go get them they are not going to survive we've got to be willing to help and we've got to open our hearts to love again and i think that might be another one of the big lessons there, there's Good so question. much to talk about with you and so little time to talk about it in. Is that, um, what about, what, my God, I told you I had a lot of questions when I went through your yeah. website. Uh, <laughs> the, the, do, when we come in as a soul, does soul fragment in any way in it that like can part of you be here and then part of me be somewhere else? Or are you, your soul in one shell? I definitely think that we fragment our souls. I think, um, people get fragmented through traumas and stuff. I, I studied neuro-linguistic programming. So we were we used to do this thing called parts therapy. We, we would have people, I still do occasionally do it with clients where we talk to the different parts of the cell who seem to want different things. Like, you know, part of me wants to go to the mall and shop and the other part of me wants to put my savings in the bank or whatever. I'm just making that up. So we need to realize, okay, well, both of these aspects of the self normally want safety and security and happiness. So we kind of just work through these things to help um, unfragment the self. And the other thing is I was, I read the Yogananda. I'm a real big fan of the Yogananda. And in his book, one of them, I can't remember, I have all of them. I, I do like opening the book and reading a page. Recently, I was reading one of his quotes where he's talking about, you can say, okay, I'm calling in all of the energy that I have from all of my past lives and wherever else I happen to be in this universe at this time to be fully present in this moment so I can move forward courageously into this next thing that I'm getting ready to do. Because theoretically, we may be living, you know, in parallel universes. That's another whole book I wrote where yeah. clients claimed that they were living in multiple universes. Uh, deja vu, is that, is that some sort of 
remembrance of a parallel universe or something that's going on simultaneously, maybe? Yes. Um, I That's kind of how I got into the spontaneous past life memories was because I was writing a book about parallel universes and deja vus where one of my friends slash clients, she said she went to a restaurant. She looked across the restaurant. Her and her husband were sitting over there, only they looked different. And they were kind of just like separated by a... Um, a membrane. She kind of did a lot of experimental drugs. She passed away now, and I love her. Wow. Um, so who wow. knows? But I think that these things are possible. That's so fascinating. And I imagine as you open up more and more to your consciousness, that you'll start to these things will be possible. I guess, right? Mm -hmm. um, moving along. Moving right along. <laughs> Interdimensional Lemurian seed crystals. How do you work with that? What is that? Number one, and how do you work with it to help humanity from your perspective? This is far out. Um, <laughs> um, far out, so. Yeah, out. I'm kind of far out, my friends. So as you'll know, um, I grew up in New Mexico, so we always have this idea that aliens are around us and things like that. And I started writing a lot of books about gem and mineral healing after a shaman showed me how to do this. And so I was taking a group to Tucson for the Gem and Mineral Show, and they were telling me about these crystals called Lemurian seeds that were supposedly embodied by the consciousness of the Lemurians. And Lemuria was that lost civilization that predated Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And I thought, come on, that sounds ridiculous. Somebody's obviously trying to make a buck. And I, I think this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So we show up to Tucson, they go, look, you just have to come see these. I picked them up and I was like, you know how you're pitching a fit about something and you end up falling in love with it. <laughs> and the crystals started kind of speaking to me and I came home and I channeled this book about the idea really in all crystals is that I feel like they're connected to nature spirits. And in this case, I, I think of the Lemurians, um, I do believe that there was a civilization of Lemuria because the ancient Hawaiians spoke about it and a lot of indigenous people in the oral tradition talked about this place called Mu, the continent of Mu. So the idea is that these were loving beings who behaved a lot more like what we would like people to do in this real life. And that somehow they put their consciousness in here. So now I think of these as more of an interdimensional, like maybe extraterrestrial species who's kind of communicating with us through these stones. So when you hold these crystals, they you can unlock the vibrational frequencies of them. They just bring a real energy of peace that gets kind of infused into the environment wherever you are. And that more and more people are starting to work with them now. So it's far oh, out, but um, really I became a believer. No, it totally makes sense because um, I never thought about it from this perspective, but if they are in interdimensional, which I certainly do believe they are, and you have something that they connect with, which is the stone, that makes sense. And if it's all energy, why wouldn't that work? I believe it does. I, I, I believe that, you know, different beings are here attempting to help us mm -hmm. um, if we will receive that help. And so they speak to us through different means. And crystals are, you know, they're in your cell phone. They're in the computer that we're talking on right yeah. now. So, mm -hmm. of course, it makes sense we could program these for certain intentions. And in this case, these are be have been programmed by loving energies who wish to help us. I like it. Sounds well, great. that sounds good to me. Keep the love flowing, everybody. So uh, the Akashic Access certification you do or have there, tell us about that. The Akashic, first of all, I just want to get clarification for those who are just 
checking it out. Is that like a hall of records of our life? Is it, it like, how would you, how would you best describe that? Yeah, this is so weird, y'all. Cause like I was supposed to go out on the road last year. And of course that didn't happen cause we were stuck at home. And so I had a group of students who's been studying with me for the year and they wanted to learn um, how I've been accessing the Akashic Records. So this was a course that I created for them. So to me, the Akashic Records, um, you know, we can think of them in a more 3D way that it's books in a library that has the records of our soul, but it's really a non-linear space where we can go to collect information about our own soul, the past, the present, the future. You can think about people like Nostradamus and some of these people who were seers who could go out and predict world events that were going to happen hundreds of years later. I don't believe that all of us have access to all of the different pieces of information that exist in this multiverse, but the things that are meant for us to find with this process, people can learn how to go out there and get the information for themselves. Because again, I mentioned earlier, like I really am into the idea that we need to keep our own count, seek our own counsel and listen to our own higher selves more than we need to be out there trying to find somebody else to give us answers that really we need to be answering those things for ourselves. And so this material ended up going into a whole book that's going to be coming out next year called Journeys Through the Akashic Records, where I finally get to open up my 20 years of work and publish the guided journeys that I've been using with clients for years, because there are different doorways in the multiverse where we can really go to find all of the answers to all of the deepest questions that we have about ourselves. Again, we don't need to go ask somebody else because we have this within ourselves. And it's so important to me you know, to help people help themselves. Do you always refer to it as multiverse versus universe? Um, I know I usually talk about the universal manager, but when we're talking about the Akashic, the Akashic journeys or the Akashic realm where these records are stored, I, I must think of it more as a multiverse because it's just there's multiple dimensions out here that we can access. And it's I, wonder how, I have to start. I wonder how correcting myself and refer to it as a multiverse. I wonder how I was going to say it's I was more I, accurate. I wonder how just so much energetically and humanity would shift if we started to refer as like a as multiverse, a multiverse. Well, we're going like, to. you know, hey, ask yeah. the multiverse what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like there's more options. Yeah, I think <laughs> I mean, it's better. You got a better I shot. I think it's more correct I too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the, the book coming out next year, I'm so excited. I mean, it's going to show people which doorways to open to get which answers to the questions that are specifically related to the different, everything that we, we need to know for ourselves. When is, when is it ready? When is this book going to be done? I think I've got Blast from the Past is coming out in December and it's on pre-order now. So I think Akashic, it's going to be called Journeys Through the Akashic Records. It's going to be summer of 2022. That right is. on, right so on. It's about once every six months, these things are coming out. <laughs> Right on. Good for you. Amazing. Good for you. Uh, Dr. Shelley Kerr, it's been a privilege to have you on here with us today and very nice to meet you. And she does care, everybody. <laughs> you can obviously tell that. Um, we got her website right there, thepastlifelady.com. So we do encourage you to check out what she's got. You got a great vibe about you. Thank you for being on here today. Really nice to meet you. April and Jay, you two are wonderful. I feel like we're friends. I can't wait to come back, I hope. And I just oh, I so love, to, yeah. love to have you back. Yeah, I know. You're a great I'm guest. So um, 
in awe of your show and everything that you've been able to create. It's really helping a lot of people. So congratulations on the show. And I just wish you happiness, joy, success, and just keep on keeping on. Yeah, thank, thank you very you much. So Before much. you love and leave us, any final words to our audience? Um, I guess I want to say, you know, we're coming out of really one of the most interesting periods in human history. It's been very difficult for us this last year. I personally found, though, that there was a lot of blessings, and I'm hoping that we've had that time alone and that stillness so that we, when we come back out in the world, we can maybe do it with a little bit more compassion and grace towards fellow beings. And just this idea that we can stop taking little things for granted and realize what's really important in life is the connections that we have with each other. And so I'm yeah. having a really good feeling about the future. Yeah, yeah, awesome. me too. Me too. Thank you very much. And again, very nice to meet you. Much love to you. Thank you, everybody, for having us in your home. We sure hope you got value out of this today as much as we did. And we will be seeing you very shortly next time. And together we are turning the universal key to global harmony and creating a unified world. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And remember, tune in often. Tell all your friends. Most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Many blessings. like to share a story while it may sound fictional it's very real and happening right now in front of our very eyes it's called the great awakening our sisters and brothers that come on spiritually raw are doing everything to help expand global consciousness and in many cases putting everything on the line to share their messages about what's happening around the world for the greater good of humanity while exposing the truth of the deep state and the dark forces behind it all we are living in the most unbelievable times. Some may even say biblical, scary for many and yet exhilarating for others. Together we are taking part in getting everyone acclimated to the great awakening process and the exciting new discoveries that lie ahead. The sad part is many of our amazing guests are being heavily censored, socially shamed and outright banned on many platforms for exposing the truth and piercing the veil. By becoming a viewer, you bring your powerful energy towards this global movement of other truth seekers. If you're resonating with our show, please let us know by hitting the like button, sharing, subscribing, turn on the notification, and leave some comments. Together, we will turn the universal key to global harmony and create a unified world. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Thanks and God bless patriots worldwide.